Okay, we began the series by talking about how to learn, how to clarify what we learn, how to review what we learn. And Simba Olam has been trying what we spoke about. And the, the, the benefit of that is it gives the person, firstly, a clarity on what they're learning, and secondly, an easy way to do Chazara. The person does well outside. Like we said, Chazara of an Amud Zach shouldn't take more than a minute. Because if a person does it well, it, 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 it can reconstruct the sugya or the daf very quickly. After that, we spoke about a little bit how to how to understand each position in an argument. Then we spoke about halacha, about how there can be different sides to the same idea. And not necessarily because one is right or one is wrong. But because there's, there's different ways of viewing the Torah, different perspectives, and they're both right. They're both right. And the last one we want to talk about in this category is learning Sifri Halacha. In other words, those who are showing the Paschal Halacha Lemaisev, what are the rules in this? How do we know which way in the Gemara to come out of Maskana? How did the Rif or the Rosh or the Rambam or the other Paschal Halacha do that? And then when you have Machlaikasim in the next door. Whatever it's going to be, how do you get to the, the halacha in that as well? And then, by the way, that finishes the area of seeing a different style of the sugya. The next thing, which we'll talk about in the next few volumes, is to learn how to, how to, what we call lambdas, or how to construct the sfara and how to build it and how to prove it. That's a second, that's a, a different section. So, what I want to talk about tonight is how the rules of psak work. We spoke about this a little bit. That there's certain klalim, there's certain klalim in the Rishonim of a Havi Paskin. The Gemara itself gives a certain rules. The Gemara, for example, says that any Tano or Amar who was a Dain, so they repaskin like him because what he said was a Dalach. Whereas when Amar who was a Rosh Hashiva said, it might have been to explain a Sfara or to explain a concept, but it doesn't seem to hold like that. But when a, the Amar or the Tano talking is a Dain, so then. He, what he meant was he meant a little dialogue, and the Gemara uses these words. For example, the Gemara says Rabbi Yosi, the Gemara says Rabbi Yosi Dayanahu Menachis Lo Umkudadina. Rabbi Yosi was a dying, and therefore he said was was the halacha, that was the psak of the dead. Similarly, the Gemara says about Shmuel. Shmuel wasn't as great as Rav, but Rav was a godladar, godladar, Shmuel was a dying, and therefore he didn't have mamanus to pass like Shmuel. As I got Rav Nachman, and Nachman was a dying. And therefore, when it comes to the dinimominus, we pass him like a dime. The same thing we're going to see, and that is somebody that a certain field of halacha, that was his area of expertise. So we pass him like him. He was, we understand that he had more of a working knowledge of that topic and something which was more his field, so to speak. Anyway, that becomes a psaka, and even today it's like that. Various rabbinim, you see, who have more of a uh, expertise in different areas of halacha. Some might be in kashas, some might be in shabbos, some might be in medicine, whatever it's going to be. So we understand that someone who has, this is their field, this is where they've understood better, this is going to be their their tchum, so to speak, in how we behold. So that's one rule the Gemara says. The next rule the Gemara says in Psaq, the Gemara says a rule that the later dairis, the halakha is kebasroi, and the reason for that is like this. The Gemara has a spot like this. Somebody uh, in the early days of the Amaraim, 
So there wasn't yet the efforts to try and record the Talmud. That's the case with the, what the Gemara gives us the discussions with the Mulani. It was like an argument with the best Vedrish. From the stage where it started becoming a process of trying to redact and connect all the information which was going to be recorded in the Talmud, we called Basroi, the Dara of Rava, after the Rafafa, after Dravashi, the Dara's where they worked on trying to put all the dinim of the Talmud together. So then the what what those Amiraim said was much more what they wanted to have written down. And this is something which is a, a point we see very often. You'll see that even in very recent times, there's a lot of Gedolim who after they died, they put out all kinds of spiral things they said. People heard them say what they said, to, or people remember the conversation. And it's much harder to rely on that than something that God wrote in his own sake. For example, Rav Moshe Feinstein. Rav Moshe Feinstein gave us a Rav Moshe. He wrote it himself. And then lots of other Sfarim of Sokim said, Bishan Rav Moshe Feinstein, which people heard from him. Now, to rely on Igris Moshe, we can definitely rely on that. To rely on what people heard him say, it's much more difficult. And the reason is, not because the person heard inaccurately, but because there's always the question of, who was Rav Moshe talking to when he said that? Maybe there was a reason why he gave this psak to this person. And he wasn't intending it to be written down and being used as a psak for Kolkha Yisrael. That's why he didn't write it. He said it to somebody, the person asked him a question, the circumstances might have been different, the person might be someone Rav Moshe had a reason to say what he said to, and that's why it was a psak given to an individual, <coughs> as opposed to something that the person decides he's writing this Allah Chalamaisa, that's a mean. In that case, it means he intended this to be heard or understood by everybody. And the Gemara itself says this rule. The Gemara says, The fact that you overheard a story, the fact that you overheard a Rav say something or pass on something, doesn't mean you can now say that's halacha. Because there might have been circumstances involved where they said it. And therefore the Gemara is this principle too. The earlier Amaran, what was recorded Bishmam was from word of mouth. And that's the case. And so they understood that's what they said in a certain case, but it doesn't. Have, it wasn't with the intention that this should be part of the Talmud, as the late Amorim were trying to work on writing a Talmud. And if that's the case, what they wrote was much more something they intended to be written as a Rachel Amaisa. Agav, this is always a problem in Pesachim. When the Shulchan Aruch wrote the Shulchan Aruch, he wrote it intending people to learn it. And therefore, he, what he wrote was, uh, understood that this is meant to be for everybody. Whereas if you read the Tshuva of somebody, in other words, they're responding to a questioner. So that's the case. You have to read the question carefully. Because it doesn't necessarily mean that whoever's writing the Chiva means his answer to be used by everyone. He's responding to the person who's asking him. And there could be different factors there. And there could be specific circumstances. And therefore, the same thing here. When a person's giving a psak, this is halacha meant for everyone, that's something to rely on. When it wasn't said or understood in that context, then one has to know what the circumstances were because there could be differences. Mishnah Burr, for example, what he wrote, he wrote Halakha Lamaisa. He meant it to be like that. And if that's the case, if it says in Mishnah Burr, you can rely on it. He didn't mean it for a certain circumstance, he meant it for everybody. So that's the next point in the Gemara. <coughs> because maybe the Maisa was meant to be specifically directed to that individual and wasn't meant to be Halakha Now, the next rule that the Poskim used in the Gemara, the Rif and the Rosh to follow the Rif, is even if it that isn't clear from the Gemara, in other words, the rules of who you're going to pass the night. For example, there's certain rules like we pass the night against Beishamai, we pass the against Rabbi Huda against Rabbi Meir, or we pass the night Rav against Abayi in most cases, or we pass the night Rav against Rabbi Yosef, whatever it's going to be the rules in Psa. 
So even when there aren't these rules, there's another principle that the Rishonim used to work with the Psaq, and that is you get a feel in the Gemara which way it wanted to go. Why? Because that's the Gemara brings two sides. And the Gemara tries to, to disprove one side. So whether the Gemara does or doesn't, uh, gets away with an answer here, and the Epshalem, and the Doichak, and the whatever it is. So we haven't disproved the side, but you can, from the flow of the Gemara, you can get a feel of which way the Gemara wanted and which way the Gemara is trying to attack. And therefore, that gives us the rule in Sak. That you get the idea of where the Gemara wanted to go. So, just as an example, if the owner remembers at the beginning of Ksilvus, right, there's two different, is the Makhlaikis, is the Onus Begitin or not? Is the Onus Begitin or not? There's two different members in the Gemara. The one is, the Gemara said, that there is Onus Begitin, the other one, the Gemara said, there's no Onus Begitin. Now, the Gemara didn't resolve that. The Gemara never proved or disproved each, each, each way, conclusively or inconclusively. The Gemara tried, and the Gemara was deichel all its rice. But, if you look on the one way, the Gemara tried to bring three rice, and the Gemara said, no, they're not rice. On the other way, the Gemara tried three times to disprove it, and the Gemara managed to fend off the attack. So even though we don't have a clear psak in the Gemara, but Lemaise, you get to feel which, which way the Gemara is trying to go. The, there was one side the Gemara was trying to prove, and there was one side the Gemara was trying to attack. And therefore, the, the, one of the claims that we're showing them is you get from really learning the sugya an idea of which way the, the, the mind of the Talmud, so to speak, was working, of which is the clearer or the more simple pshat, which, which one we're looking for proof for, or which one we're trying to disprove. So, in that same idea, there's a principle always, the Gemara sometimes says, and you could say like this, the imtim silomar, you can say like this, you can say like that. The imtim silomar, like this, you can say like that. Which means the Gemara has a question. And let's go again, to service, the payment best. Uh, to give an example of this, the Gemara wants to know is uh, is there isn't to be boiled up a of Shabbos. So the Gemara wants to say you could say Dan Chiburim Yechbar Dan Mifkod Pocket. And if you're going to say Chiburim Yechbar, is it is it Dan Yiskav or not Yiskav? Be Imtim Tzlaimar is not. It's Melachas Shemesh Shabbos not Melachas. So Imtim Tzlaimar is not. It's Mekalkel or Mekalkel. What are all the Imtim Tzlaimars? If you say we have a question, and if you're going to say like this side in the question, you can ask another question. The Ram has a rule. Whenever the Gemara asks a question, it says, Imtim Sulaim on one side, that's Salah. Why? Why? The Gemara never resolved it. The Gemara said, if you want to say that this is where we're going to go on the first question, I'll ask you another question. Why is there reason to pass it like that? The Ram has a rule like this. The Gemara doesn't waste its time. And therefore, why worry about a theoretical question when it's not even the case? And therefore, it must be that the Gemara said, if you're going to say like this, then you have another question. It says because the Gemara, Gemara really did think like that. And that's how I got to the second question. Uh, why the Gemara says in the last of Imtim Tzilema, if you're going to say, why the Gemara said, this is the answer, now ask the next question. And the answer here is, the Gemara didn't have a proof for it. The Gemara is asking a question, we didn't have a proof one or the other way, so you can't prove it. But since the Gemara feels that this is the, the more mistabir way to go, so therefore the Gemara says, based on that uh, understanding that this is what's more mistabir, now let's ask the next question. Similarly, the same reason that when we find in the a lot in the Mepharshim that also in the Gemara itself that there's a principle of something that the Gemara says Bustam and office brings a Machlaikis about. Or says Machlaikis and office says Bustam that when there's a Shaita which the Gemara says without giving a name to it, the Mashmur says that's the Halacha. Why? Because if it's an argument one against one, so the Gemara will give a name to each side. 
But if the Gemara says something without an end, the understanding is that was a generally held opinion. That was a generally held opinion, so it wasn't one specific person's opinion. It was a generally held opinion. That's more misdemeanor that that would be the din of a rabbi. Okay, these are some of the insiders in the rules of how the Akhranim look for, to look for Psaq. These same principles apply at a later stage too. And it's not just a Makhlaikas and Tanaim, when there's a Makhlaikas between different Rishonim. So when there's a Makhlaikas between different Rishonim, how do we decide what that offer is going to be? You learn a Sukha, and you see the Rashi says one thing, you see the Rashi says differently, you see that there's a Ran, you see there's a Rosh, you see there's whatever other Rishon you want. So now you have different opinions. What's the way to weigh up, so to speak, between the different opinions? How does the Hazah Halakha built? Don't worry, it's not something we have to do on our own. There already is a Shulchan Aruch, and he did the job for us, and the Ramah, and the other Poeskin. But what was the Mahalakh? And it's important for us to know and understand what their Mahalakh was, because based on that, we can also uh, understand the, how Halakha develops. So there were three basic Mahalakhim in the Poeskin. How to decide Halakha when you have a Mahalakh Sushan? You have three basic Mahalakhim in the Poeskin. And it's interesting because even when I tell you the Shittas, and hold each one, it's become a certain style of psak, and you'll see when you have a similar case of machlekes between different mafarshim or different achrayim, so the, you still have the same, the same two, so to speak, ways of looking at it of how to what, what the halacha is going to be. So the first matter we're going to talk about is the matter of the shulchan aruch. The shulchan aruch himself explains that the way he passes when he's machlekes shushanim, he says, "I'm not on the level to be able to." to decide who's right and who's wrong between Rishonim or who's more correct or less correct between Rishonim and if that's the case what is the what's the way to ask him says the Shulchan Aruch we had three uh, three major points from the Rishonim which is the Rif the Rosh and the Rambam so we have three so that's the case whenever we have two again so we're going to pass like the two so and that's, that's pretty much the way that the Shulchan Aruch built the Shulchan Aruch that whenever there's a Maklaikas we look for which, where, where's the majority opinion? If, uh, whenever you're going to have two, that's how you pass this. Because you know, he's, not, he's not deciding who's more correct. And you're talking about three daily Rishonim. But out of the three posts can be heard in the Rishonim. So whenever you have a majority, that is like the majority. That's a big Many, many Akhronim uh, argue with the Shachanach. On the, not just on holy passages, on the principle of the psaq. Why? On two points. Firstly, they say, why did you limit the playing field to three? You decided to take three points from the Rif, the Rosh, and the Rambam, and out of those three, you decided what's the majority. Why didn't you take three? The, if you're going to look for points in the times of the Rishonim, there are many, many more points in the Rishonim. Some of them were equally great to the ones you mentioned. So why did you decide I'm only counting these three? For example, you have the Rambam, you have the Rambam. You have Rashi, you have Tarabanatan, and uh, that's just the, the, more, the more famous ones. Then you have the Smag, and the Smag, and the Salmikutsu, and you have the Rashbo, and you have the Ran. So why did you decide this is the three price scheme and that's all you care about? What about everybody else? From Sedation, there are lots of other great, great Rishonim who also price scheme. So, so that, that's, the, that's the first objection to Shulchan Aruch. Now, there are those who say, okay, so maybe. Maybe his choice of poiskim was limited, but maybe the principle is still true. And that is, look from the majority. Why do we see a majority of the poiskim hold? And we'll go with the majority. 
Now the problem is it's very hard to do that. Because where are you going to draw the line? Where are you going to draw the line? You're talking about the period of let's say 400 years of Rishonim, and who, who's counted in who you're going to who you're going to list on each side? You know, there are lots and lots and lots of Rishonim. So we're going to say it's a majority out of how many? If you're not going to take three, you're going to take ten, you're going to take thirty. Where, where's the where's the limit going to be of where, where do you consider majority? Even Ali Yamazed, they were posting with this, posting like Ravadi Yosef, for example. You look in his chivas, you'll see he brings 40, 50, 60 spirals on the topic. And again, he just divides him into shittas, whatever the majority was. But like the Mishnah Burr says in Biradacha many times, that trying to count the majority of Koskin doesn't work because when we find new manuscripts or know about Nori Shonim, suddenly you find shittas which they might not have known about before, but they're going in a different direction. So the, the mahalikh of Paskani based on majority is very difficult if you don't have all, this, all the all the all the all the people in front of you. You know, all this if you have a finite amount of svarim you're using to work with. It's very hard to work with what a majority is. There's another question here also, and this is a question in principle which goes back to the Gemara itself, and that is when you're going to say we go by the majority, is it only if you're talking between equals? Or, you, or anybody who has an opinion that counts the majority. For example, let's say you have a machalikis. You have a, a rav and you have five talmidim. And the rav says this is the halacha. And the five talmidim also say, no, it's not. So do you say, well, you're wrong. It's five against one. Or do you say, listen, he knows more than you. So you could all think what you lack. But Lema'i says, it's not, it's not shavu b'shavu. It's not equal. And if it's not equal, so then you might, you might all be saying one way. He, and the rav is saying a different way. But maybe he knows better. Maybe he knows more. So we can't equal, make all opinions being equal because not everybody is in the same place or the same level. Which is a, which is a point that the Gemara already raises. But the question on that is, is that if that's the case, let's say we're going to say not every opinion is equal. Not every opinion is equal, and therefore we can't just say a simple majority. Right? Because not every, if, if they were all equals or all com- contemporaries, a Sanhedrin, where everybody is more or less the age, same age and stage, they're all more or less the, on the same pl- in the same place, then you can say, let's go by the majority. But if you're talking about different diaries, you're talking about Rebbeim and Talmidim, and you're talking about greater and less greater, so then maybe it's not an equal playing field. You can't just count each one as being one. For example, just to make this more posture, let's say we were, we were all learning, uh, we were all learning a Ramban. And the Ramban says it in Svar, and all of us around the table think, no, nah, it doesn't make sense. We think the opposite. We're going to say, well, it's seven of us and one on time, so we must be right. But we understand. We don't lack and lack. And if a Russian says something, we don't understand. So the problem is we don't understand what he's saying. It's not we can, we're going to outvote him. And if that's the case, so now comes back to the big question. And now comes back to the big question. And that is, so how are you going, who's going to give the ranking to all the shit that's involved to say whose shit accounts more, whose shit accounts less? How can we do that? We're going to decide now, is Rashi equal to one and the better time equal to one also? Maybe Rashi equal to two, or maybe Ram is equal to two. How are we going to? How, how, who's going to be able to give a rank or a certain level to each each tradition or each opinion to say that this one's worth more than a different one? Agav, Noelam and I a famous machlekes between Rabbi Leizer and the Chachamim. The Gemara says that Rabbi Leizer held that a certain thing in Tarus was kosher, and the Chachamim held it was it was he held Torah, they held it was Tameh. And the Gemara says they said to him, we the rabbi. He didn't care. So the Allah is like me. What's the Allah like? It's the Torah, so you go after the rabbi. So what does it mean to say? 
And that's exactly what they did. The harm is we the rabbi, we pass him not like you. Why do you argue with him? And the answer is exactly this point. Rabbi Eliezer held, we aren't equals. He was older than them and he was a certain level. He was a bigger time Chachem. He held, we're not equals. You can't call it one to one. So the fact that I held like this and all of you held like that isn't a, a din of rabbi. A din of rabbi is only when we balance. But he held, he was in a different dialogue to them. And if that's the case, you can't call it equal. He understood better. Now, like I said, that's a very hard thing to work with. Because if that's the case, who's going to give the grading to each shetza, to each opinion, to say who's worth more than the other one? Where we can say this is where the distinction is clear. In other words, uh, Tana against Namaira, uh, Namaira against the Rishon, the Rishon against Nachman. So then it's not, it's not the same thing. It's a different dar, and you understand. It's a greater dar. But within one generation, who's, going to, who's, who's able to decide uh, like what, what shit is worth more than another one? So that's why it's very hard to say that we can work with, with like, Kiru, whose who's shit is, is greater. So what other options do we have? What other options do we have? So the second Ma'alach which there was, was the Ma'alach of the Marashal, who was a contemporary of the Shulchan Aruch, and he wrote a Sefer to argue with the Shulchan Aruch. He wrote the first. He's writing a Rafa Sefer called Yamshul Shalem to argue with the Shulchan Aruch, because he doesn't agree with the way the Shulchan Aruch passed him. And what it had, so how's he going to pass him? So he said, you can't, the way to pass him isn't just to blindly accept that this Rishon says this, this Rishon says this, this Rishon says this, and then we're going to count Shittas and God by majority, like the Shulchan Aruch did. He says the way to pass him is to see which shit fits best into the sugya. In other words, now that you've seen each opinion, go read the Gemara again. Which is the easiest to read the Gemara? Which makes the most sense? Which, is, which one do you have to be more bedoichak to explain? And which one is more smooth, it's more simple to explain? And therefore, based on what we'll see is, is the clearer shit, the clearer svara, what makes what's the most easiest to work with. That's the one we're going to pass on. Which is how he holds. Maybe you'll pass them based on the svara or based on the logic yeah, more than the, who the shit is, whose shit there it is. There's a question on this as well. There's a question on this as well. And that is, the Ramban himself writes, and he said from the Chomus Hashem, the Ramban wrote the Sefer called the Chomus Hashem. The Chomus Hashem is the fights of Hashem. Why did he write the Sefer? Because there was a Sefer called the Balamar who came to argue with the Rif. The Rif had been accepted as the god Ladar of Spain. About a hundred years after, Zrachi Alevi wrote the Sefer to argue with the Rif. called the Balamar. And the Ramban gets up, he's going to defend the Rif, and he wrote his whole Sefer, Muhammad Hashem, to defend the Rif against the Balamar. But Lema says sometimes the Balamar had good questions. So in his Yachtamit, Muhammad Hashem, the Ramban writes like this. And then you should know, if in any argument, if one way would clearly be right, and the other way would clearly be wrong, there wouldn't be an argument. Right? Because as you can see clearly, this makes sense, and this one doesn't. He says, therefore, in every argument, there's a certain level of difficulty with each opinion. If you're going to go this Mahalach in the Sukkah, there's a certain difficulty in it. If you're going to go that Mahalach in the Sukkah, there's a certain difficulty in it. So where does the Mahalachis come? Because looking at both options, neither is completely clear. Neither is, is, has no problems whatsoever. Now the question is, which would you prefer, rather deal with this difficulty or that difficulty? Would, would you, are you looking more for the accuracy of the language? Or are you looking more to that the Sephora makes more sense? Are you looking more that it should fit with other places, and Halaf with other places, or should fit better with what the Gemara is saying here? But he says, when any of the Makhlubis is showing him, you're never going to find a case where one shit is obvious, and that shit is obviously wrong. And you wouldn't have said it. But you don't have to argue with something which is clear. He says, Makhlubis only comes in a case where both shit is, there's a certain difficulty, and now the question is how to get around the difficulty. I'll give you a marshal. If you have to drive somewhere, and you can go straight, <laughs> you will go straight. 
There's no reason to turn right and to make a circle to this road, to turn left and make a circle that way, if you can just get straight there. It's only when you can't get straight there. The road doesn't go straight. So now I have to look for a different direction, a different way to get there. So now I can choose. I can go this way around, I can go that way around. But it's not the straight, easy road. And that's the same thing. When you have a Mahalak, he says, it's because there isn't one Mahalak which is completely posh. Each, each, each way of learning has its difficulty. And the argument comes because the question is which way around do you want to approach it? Do you want to go this way around? Do you want to go that way around? So that's the case. To come along and say, I'm passing based on the Svara of Arishan because I think it's more logical. It's, it's also, it's, on one hand it's more logical, on the one hand it's a difficulty. There's a balance. Okay, but that's, uh, that was the second Mahalach. Mahalach, like I said, it's all the Marshal. Chaznish to a certain extent, but it's Mahalach also. What's the third Mahalach? The third Mahalach is the Mahalach of the Ramah, which has become pretty much Pashkenazi Poiskin, the, the, the general concept of the Psaq, and that is what was done. What was done? What was the Minak? And therefore, it's not a question of which Poiskin was right or wrong, but whichever Mahalach got accepted in Klai's role, that's what everybody does. So if we can work with that, that's what we work with. And then we, therefore you see in the Ramah, most of the times when he argues to the Shulchan Aruch, he says because the Minag was not like that. The Shulchan Aruch might be right that the Rambam and the Rosh say it, or whatever it's going to be, but if the Minag, the Ramah says in Europe, was not like that, because it could have been a different mission, because of an Arzara, because of a Mardachai, because of a Trimus Adesha, it doesn't make a difference. But if that's what, what was done, so now we've already accepted that there's a certain Mahalach in Psaq. And we, therefore, if we already have a certain way that we see that Kaisal Paskins, so we're going to go with that. Now, it's not as simple as that, because sometimes the new cases which come up. But the new case will be built on principles in Psaq. And therefore, those principles, how do we Paskin? And we'll work, just work with that. Where is this coming from? Why should that be a Hachra in Psaq? So the Chazanish famously said a line, which is the uh, side of this. And that is, when they, there are certain times when we Paskin based on the, the postman, the shach, the taz, the postman. There's one famous case where the shach brings a rabbeinu yoyna and he paskins like it. And the man says the shach never had rabbeinu yoyna. He had rabbeinu yoyna quoted by somebody else. We never had the original. The man says now that we have the original, we found the original rabbeinu yoyna. If you look inside, it's actually not what rabbeinu yoyna says. Rabbeinu yoyna brings that opinion and he argues with it. So they came to Chazanish and they asked him, the shach's paskening, because he said Rabbi Yenna said this, but if you look inside, Rabbi Yenna didn't hold like that. He brought such a memory on with it. So how should we paskin? And the Chazanish said, we paskin like the shach. How can that be? Become, the shach's only quoting Rabbi Yenna, and we don't paskin like the Rabbi Yenna. So how can how, why are you saying we paskin like the shach? Said the Chazanish to Yisrael. This is something which is important to us to know. He said, because there's a certain siyata dishmaya in how Hashem wants the Torah to be paskin. And if that's the case, if Klaisha lost Rabbi Yonah for 500 years, but we had the Shach, and everyone passed like the Shach, then that, obviously that was why I should want Klaisha to pass it. And so now we find the manuscript, but now we find the Shonim we didn't know about before. That's not going to change the way that we passed it, because there was a certain Siyat Dishmai in how we meant to pass it. And therefore, if we see it, and this is the coming from a Gemara, the Gemara says there was a certain case, and the Gemara says there was a certain Halacha that the, the basin didn't know. That's what we do, we don't know that So they said, let's see what Klai Yisrael do. Imlav b'nei nevi'imhem b'nei nevi'imhem. Klai Yisrael, let's see what they do. They have the minhagim. So let's see what they do. Because it must have come from somewhere. And it's the same as over here. That there's a certain siyat al-dishmai Hashem wants, wants Psaq to be. 
And therefore, if we don't have a clear hakra, a clear decision in the Rishonim or in the, in the Paiskim, what to do? So what was always done? What was always done? Because in a case like that, so now we see uh, there was a certain Siyat Dishmai guiding Kaisha on what they're going to do. Even if it sometimes doesn't seem to work with the rules of how we pass it. But the nice thing, that's what, that's what was done. And obviously, the rules taken over Kaisha, there's a certain Siyat Dishmai in it. And that becomes the basis of the Psaka the Ramah. The Psaka the Ramah is based on the Nagisra. There's a shit to hold it, but it matters that was done, so that's how you hold So it's a sum up. There are three ways to go with Psaq. The first one, Mahalach al Shachanarach, is based on the Rabbim. What's the majority of Shetah? We said the difficulty with that is who you're putting into the equation. Which, who counts as a Shetah that you're going to put into the majority? And who counts as an equal? The second Mahalach is Mahalach al Mahashal, and that is what's more Mistabir. Which is also difficult to work with because, like I said, when you go and talk about Tirishonim, each one has the logic that all this fire, each one has a difficulty in this one. And the third matter, which is the matter of the Ramah, is what was what did Kaisha do until now? What was accepted as a, who was accepted as the Poisek? Who was accepted as the as the Sarsef or Lion? Or what was accepted as what Kaisha do? And that becomes in the basis of the Psak. This is pretty much the way that the Ramah works, the Mishabur also. Mishabur also. Very much trusted, wherever what was done, so he tries to explain and defend that this was a minute, this was what Kaisal would did. And that's what's important in the finishing of this. When it comes to passing Halakha Lamaisa to have a Because you can learn a Pasagya and you can work out the Rabbim yourself. You can just count the Chutas. You can even if you have a good, the well developed spire, you can decide what's more logical. But if you want to know what was the Mahalikh, what was the Messiah, what did, how did Kaisal used to pass in such a case, that's you can work out yourself. That's why you have to have the rov. You can tell you this was the Messiah. This is how Kaisal used to paskin. And you may that gives the, the mahalach of if that's what always was done. Then you may that gives a, a mindset of the way a person is meant to paskin in new questions as well.